Good afternoon, my friends. Happy Wednesday. The doctor is in the house. Welcome back to another episode of To Your Health with Dr. G on this great Wednesday. My name is Dr. Mark Gomez. I'm a board-certified internal medicine physician practicing at Edward Hospital. And I tell you what, today's show is going to be on fire. We're continuing our countdown to summer series. That's right. Counting down to one of my favorite seasons of the year. Summertime, getting out, spending time with your family, your friends, your loved ones, making health a priority investing in yourself, investing in your health, investing in your family, investing in your life. And without further ado, today we're going to continue this conversation. We had a great show last week talking about getting that beach body, that last minute prep. And this week we're going to continue this show going. We're going to continue to talk about health. Today we're talking about skin. And I tell you what, you know, this Countdown to Summer Series, it's really been about these last minute tips. And then I, and I introduced this on social media a few weeks ago. We're talking about the last minute things, things that you can do right now that you can focus on for your health, to take your health to, to the next level, to, to maintain good health in the summertime and beyond. But remember, in order to have that good health plan, you have to continue to do the what, the why, and the how. What are you trying to do? Why are you trying to do it? And how are you going to get there? It's most important to have a team of healthcare professionals with you at all times to help direct you and guide you to your goals. And today, I'm so excited we're going to be talking about last-minute skin health prep. Those last-minute tips, guys. Everything that you need to want to know about your skin, how to take care of your skin, how do we get ready for summertime, and how to invest in your health. I'm so excited. The panel today is on fire. You're going to meet them in a few moments. But but each week on this show, what we try to do is, is break, break down some key themes. And skin is so important when you think about our health. You know, skin is the largest organ in the body, without a doubt. It's so fundamental to what we do. It is us. We're born with our skin. But do we do all the necessary uh, steps to care for it throughout our lifetime? We're going to talk about that. We're also going to talk about some last minute things that you can do to make your skin looking best, to have your confidence on fire, kick it up in fuego, and make sure that you and your family have this great health trajectory for summertime and beyond. So again, my name is Dr. Mark Gomez. We're here broadcasting live at Intellectual Radio Studios. We're checking us out on Facebook com as well too. You can check me out on my website www.drmarkgomez.com each week bringing you information, building trust and delivering truth when it comes to your care. So what I want to do before we get into the meeting our guests, I want to hit you with a quick disclaimer. The content of To Your Health with Dr. G is for informational and entertainment purposes only and that the content is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis and or treatment. Further details can be found at www.toyourhealthwithdrg.com slash disclaimer. So I'm so excited. So we got this show. We're continuing this Countdown to Summer series, Skin. It is awesome. So we're going to talk about the tips that you can get, but also break down the things that are out there for you to help protect your skin and have your skin looking best. So I want to introduce my great panel today. They're uh, exciting clinicians, experts at what they do. They've been in the field for a long time, and they're really here to help you give you the necessary tools to take care of your skin now and for beyond. But remember, our guests will certainly tell you that it's important to establish care with a reputable practice, and we're gonna talk about ways to make sure you're ensuring that your that your health is gonna be taken care of and safeguarded without a doubt. So I wanna introduce my guest today. I got my first guest who's in studio with me. Uh, she and I, let me tell a little background story. She and I connected uh, uh, through actually her boss, Dr. John Bull, who was on the show last week, a plastic surgeon, 
and uh, and she's helping take care of my skin, of the skin of my wife, which makes her mm -hmm. look radiant and everything. So I wanted to get her on the show and everything. But but somebody who can speak speak volumes and passionately about the care of our skin. So I want to introduce my first guest. She's sitting here in the studio with me, Shannon Ho, clinical esthetician, John Bull Center for Cosmetic Surgery and Laser Medispa. Check her out www.dupageplastics.com. Shannon, welcome to the show. Thank you. Please tell us a little bit about yourself. How did you get into this, this field? And really, what do you think about today's theme of skin and how it's important to take care of it? Um, so I've been in the industry for about 12 years. Um, I have my cosmetology as well as aesthetics license. Um, a lot of that, I've actually worked in dermatology for many years as both an esthetician and a medical assistant. So a lot of what I know actually comes from working in that environment so long. Um, but definitely continuing education over the, the several years, um, focusing on medical aesthetics, laser and things like that. Um, yeah, and, and why do you think it's important to take care of our skin, especially it, as we're approaching summertime? Well, like you said, it's our largest organ. It's the only skin that we get, so you want to take care of it, um, not just for aesthetics purposes, but for, for our overall health as well. Excellent. Well, thank you for coming on the show. Yes. Uh, I look forward to talking to you more in detail. I want to welcome my next guest on the show. She's joining me on the phone. She and I connected uh, a number of months ago at her open house, and we have a mutual friend, a mutual acquaintance that really connected our, our past, and I really think that this is just a, a budding and blossoming relationship moving forward, and I can't wait to continue to do some more collaboration with her. So I want to introduce my next guest who's joining me on the phone on Tear with Dr. G, Dr. Mercy Odeyungbo. She is a board-certified dermatologist, founder and owner of Lily Aesthetics. Check her out. She is the real deal. Lily, L I L L Y, Derm, D E R M, M D dot com. Dr. O, welcome to the show. Thank you, Dr. G. Thank you so much for having me on the show. And hi, Shannon. Hi. How you doing? Good. How are you? <laughs> Dr. O, tell us, about, tell us about your background. Where did you do your medical school? Where did you do your residency training? And, and, and really, what are your thoughts on this theme? Why don't we start from there with you? Okay. So I did my medical school in Indiana University School of Medicine in Indianapolis. From there, um, I trained in New York at Mount Sinai. So I did my derm residency there in New York City. And then I also did my Mohs Surgical um, Fellowship also in the same institution. And I'm very excited about this thing. I mean, I li live, I breathe skin. I mean, that's like what I do. That's what I love. I always tell people when you see someone, your skin is the first thing that they see. It tells a lot about you. So it's kind of like first impression. So um, keeping the skin healthy all year long is very important. So I'm very excited about this theme that you actually picked for us. Excellent. Well, thank you, Dr. O, for, for coming on the show. And I can't wait to talk more in some details. So now that you've all met the panel today, again, the panel is fierce, no doubt about it. What we do on this show each week as you meet my guests, we talk about just the theme. And the theme of today is is last-minute skin health prep, things that we can do. And really how we always started out, when somebody comes in and sees us in the practice, we call that the chief complaint. And so that's why somebody's there visiting you and for that particular reason. So the chief complaint slash question of the hour is, what are the best ways to keep our skin healthy throughout summertime and beyond? So really what I do is I want to kind of get into some of these questions, and we're going to get you guys some tips. But again, at the end of the day, even though we're talking about different things that are out there, some of the new techniques and everything, you know, it's important that you establish a relationship with your healthcare team. Uh, if you don't have a dermatologist that you're working with or a clinical esthetician, certainly talk to your physician, talk to your primary care uh, physician who can help direct you to those appropriate resources. And again, it takes a village. And I think that's an important thing that we can all, all of us here today, 
talk about, you know, we have a healthcare team that takes care of us, uh, but you have to also have to have a healthcare team that takes care of you, and that's important. So I'm going to ask the first question to Dr. O. Dr. O, I'm putting you on the hot spot, but it's all good. So Dr. O, in your, in your, in your perspective, you know, what is the single most important thing we should be doing on a daily basis to take care of our skin? What's your perspective so the, on that? The most important thing that I tell all my patients is sunscreen, sunscreen, sunscreen. So what a lot of people don't really understand is what you do in your teenage years when you're in your 20s actually doesn't catch up to you in a year or two years. It actually catches up to you decades later. So a lot of my patients say, you know, I've been wearing sunscreen, but when I was in my 20s and 30s, I didn't wear any sunscreen. So now we're having to treat a lot of skin cancers. Last week alone, I diagnosed five melanomas. Wow. So um, there's so much that sunscreen can do for you. It can protect you from aging, from wrinkles, from having sunspots, from burning. So the number one thing that I tell all my patients is find a good sunscreen that you like and use it religiously all year long. Excellent. And melanoma is the third most common skin cancer, but it's the most likely one that can metastasize and certainly result in death. So, so when Dr. O is saying that your sunscreen is paramount, you've got to do it. Uh, you know, it's interesting because you always think about like, you know, maybe it's too macho. I'm a guy. I don't want to put sunscreen on. But, but Dr. O, can you clarify like, like skin cancer does not discriminate men versus women, the old versus young? No, it does not discriminate at all. And I actually find a lot more skin cancers in men. Because one thing I found out with my male patients, they don't like a regimen. They don't like a skincare plan. They don't want to put creams, as they call it, goo on their face. So most of the skin cancers are usually in men because they don't want to put anything on it. If you tell most women that if you put sunscreen, it's going to prevent wrinkles, usually we'll do it. But most men do not. So men, women, I've even done skin cancer surgeries in patients as young as 18 who started tanning at a very early age. So young, middle, old, it does not discriminate at all. All depends on how much sun exposure you've had in your lifetime. Well, well thank you, Dr. O. So let me ask this question to, to Shannon. Shannon, you know, Dr. O's talking about, you know, sunscreen, one of the biggest things that, that, that is important to her as a, as a dermatologist for her patients. Right. Do you have a kind of an important thing, like the single most important thing for your end as a clinical esthetician, what's important to you? Would you echo that or would you add anything else to that? It, it would be sunscreen as well, for sure. Um, like I said, just not from the anti-aging perspective, but for the overall health of our skin. Do you notice that from a clinical esthetician perspective or, or in your patient loads, you know, we talked a little bit about some of the stubbornness of guys mm -hmm. and that Dr. O's seeing a lot of skin cancer in men. Uh, do you see a lot more men being hesitant to try to do some services with you, or do you see more women doing services? Of course, I obviously I see more women, um, but I do see a good amount of men being in a medical office. I think that helps um, what setting I'm in. Um, but yes, there's definitely a little pushback with products um, especially sunscreen with men because the, normally the feeling of it, they don't like that. So, you know, summertime, of course, you can't talk about summertime, sun exposure, and, 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 and basically protecting your skin. You know, D Dr. O, is there, a, is there an amount, let's stay on this topic, is there an amount of sunscreen that somebody should be using as we're getting ready for summertime? Um, what's your thoughts on, like, the, the amount, of, amount to use, the SPF rating, uh, how often to apply? What's your thoughts on those kind of, kind of questions? So, um, I don't know if I'm kind of jumping around, but so I was described to patients. Patients are always saying, what's the difference between SPF 15, SPF 30, and SPF 50, and what kind of sunscreen should I use? And I would tell them, really, the SPF, it kind of lets you know the amount of UVB protection that it's giving you. 
So I always try to break it down. So when you buy a sunscreen tube or bottle, you always see UVB and UVA. So UVA really protects you against aging and wrinkles. UVB protects you against sunburn. And the sunburn is what can lead to skin cancers in the future. So I always tell patients SPF 15 really only filters about 90 to 93% of UVB rays. Um, SPF 30, really about 97, SPF 50, about 98. So it's not really much variation between all of them, but I always tell my patients minimum SPF 30, but I try to tell everyone to get at least SPF 50. And what I tell them is it's not the kind of sunscreen that you get, it's really how often you reapply and if you're going to use it. So all year long I always tell patients kind of imagine a shot glass full, that's about the amount of sunscreen that you should be applying. And also, you have to apply it at least 30 minutes before you actually go outdoors for it to be very effective. Excellent. Well, thank you for breaking that down. And I think that's a great point, great thing. You know, summertime, we're going to be at barbecues, cookouts, uh, pool, poolside, you know, sporting events. And you have so much exposure out there. It's warm. Hey, we want to wear short sleeve shirts. We want to we wanna maybe not wear a hat, a baseball cap. You want to be out. We just emerge from, you know, winter again and all that kind of stuff. So, so, so a lot of people just say, all right, I can now expose my skin to the elements. But doing so is certainly putting you at risk if you're not protecting yourself. So let me ask this question to, to Shannon. You know, uh, Dr. O was mentioning a few moments ago about some of the cumulative effects. You know, you'll see things, she'll see things that are happening. You'll see them too as a, as a kind of a, as a tissue, but you'll see the cumulative effect of sun damage on your skin. Um, from a clinical esthetician standpoint, what are some of the treatments that are out there? You know, if somebody's got signs of sun damage, what can that person do besides put on sunblock, but what are some treatments that they can do to help reverse some of those effects, if, if any? You can't really, the, unfortunately, the damage is done. It's done. Um, but there are things that I can do to treat the appearance of sun damage. Um, lots of you know, different laser treatments, chemical peels, um, even just exfoliating and products at home. Um, can definitely help maintain, if not improve, um, sun damage. Excellent. So why don't we talk a little bit about some of these kind of things, because you mentioned chemical yeah. peels and some of that stuff. Can mm -hmm. you break that down a little bit for our audience? Um, you know, uh, chemical peels, you know, we talk about various skin care treatments. What are some of the differences? Let's talk about chemical peels. What, what is that for a person who's out there who's listening to us? So a chemical peel is a solution that we're applying to the skin to exfoliate. Um, at the same time, depending what type of peel, they have many different strengths ingredients um, depending what we're wanting to treat. So if it is sun damage, obviously we want to use a peel with um, something with hydroquinone or some type of lightening ingredient to hopefully lighten any of that pigment um, and kind of give them more of a, a glow. And the peel, and again, I'm wearing my internal medicine hat, yeah. so uh, and so as I, as I try to prep for the show, I'm like, oh, i got to read some dermatology literature, i got to read some esthetician <laughs> literature, all that stuff. I'm like, hey, I don't see this kind of stuff on the daily basis. I usually just refer out. Uh, I mean, although I do tell people, apply sunscreen all the time all year round without a doubt but 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 from my understanding is that is that um, you, you you do the peel and that that superficial layer just kind of slowly comes off yes uh and it's is it an immediate coming off or is it usually within a few days or normally um yes you'll definitely have peeling so there is definitely a little bit of downtime um again depending what strength there's many different types of peels um, so we can go from mild to very aggressive, but normally the peeling um, will start day two, day three. Um, so that treatment definitely comes into play with the scheduling factor, depending what you have going on. Um, you want to give at least, um, you know, up to a week um, prior to, you know, an important event if you if you don't want to go somewhere with. 
dry skin and peeling flaky. And I think of like a like a like a like a lizard, uh, <laughs> and, your, and your skin's kind of coming off a little bit. But you're exposing that new layer, that fresh new skin. Those right. cells have to turn over and get rid of the damaged skin. New cells come in underneath, uh, and 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 now hopefully a more vibrant, healthier kind of approach. Um, let me ask this question, Dr. O. Dr. O, when you when you when you're advising patients on chemical peels or or other treatments, which we'll get into more of the treatments in a little bit. Let's stick with the peels right now. Are there any particular clinical situations you may advise that peel for? Uh, you know, you think about people coming in with, you know, do you, do you do it for wrinkles? Do you do it for age spots? Do you do it for acne? What do you do it for? So one of the most common reasons why um, I'm sure Shannon also sees this um, that we use chemical peels for is usually for acne and post-acne scarring. Um, it works really well to kind of help to shrink up those sebaceous glands. Um, kind of helps with exfoliation, kind of helps with hyperpigmentation, um, which in darker skin tone, that's one of the, you know, side effects of having acne. Um, another time when we, I always refer um, for chemical pills to my patients is there's a condition called actinic keratosis when the patient has so much sun damage, they actually have scaling, redness, and crusting. And chemical, certain types of chemical pills actually work really well um, like Shannon said, to kind of help exfoliate and like you said, to kind of reveal kind of like that new baby skin underneath. Excellent. Well, thank you for the clarification on that one. And, 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 and Shannon, from your perspective, you know, you, you're, you have your role as a clinical esthetician, so you're seeing stuff that gets, you know, referred to your, your practice and everything. Uh, what kind of management plan? I mean, well, let me take even a step back. How do you kind of customize somebody's skincare plan when you see them for the first time? How do you kind of break that conversation down and then kind of recommend what would be uh, ideal for that particular person? How do you kind of take that into consideration? Well, there's a lot of different factors because um, everyone's skin is so different um, besides budget, but de depending what their main concern is, a lot of times I'll see patients that will tell me something that they see that not necessarily I see. So you definitely want to, um, communication is huge, um, to see what their, their concerns are and what their goals, what they're trying to achieve with their skin. But there's a lot of different aspects, for Excellent. sure. Excellent. And then, Dr. O, how do you, how do you approach, approach your patients? You know, if you're going to recommend certain kind of services to them, how do you kind of just have that initial conversation uh, with them? So one thing I always do, I always give them a mirror. Um, I always ask them, what do you like about your face? Um, and then they tell me what they asked. And I was asking for a picture of when they were younger or when they were actually happy with their skin and kind of go from there. So, and also based on the skin tone, you know, not all chemical pills are safe for all skin types. Um, dark, there are certain chemical pills that you can't really use on darker skin um, just because of risk of scarring and hyperpigmentation. And also um, when you're thinking about a regimen is, how, like Shannon, how much downtime do they have? You know, some chemical pills you're going to peel in a few days. Some you don't really see the peeling for seven days. Um, and there are certain chemical pills that I don't recommend in the summertime just because of the risk of peeling and also sunburn. A lot of my patients travel a lot, so they don't really want a lot of downtime. So for aggressive chemical pills, like the deeper depth ones, I usually say for the winter time or in the fall when patients are not really traveling or they're not really out um, socializing a lot. So let me come back at you with another question, Dr. O. So say somebody's going to a chemical peel, do they immediately need to put sunblock on um, to help protect their skin from UV rays? Oh, of course. Before they even walk out of the office or out of the med spa, they are getting sunscreen. We give them sunscreen samples, and we actually send them home with sunscreen. You, they never leave the office without sunscreen on. Excellent. And I, yeah, and I think about that because now you're just exposing this, this new skin that's going to be coming in 
very shortly within a handful of days. Mm -hmm. So that's great that you guys have a preventative mindset, but also kind of reinforces the point on, hey, you know, you've, 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 you've get, gotten this treatment done, and now we want to make sure your skin is protected from here on out. Uh, out of curiosity, Shannon, from your perspective, how many treatments does somebody need? Say like you have a, you know, there may be some parents out here that are listening, their, their children, their teenager, teenage may have acne or acne scars or, or even some adults as well too, but how many treatments does it usually take? Does it just kind of depend on the person? How do you kind of approach that? Of, well, of course it depends on the patient. Um, but normally four to six a series, we say, um, over the next couple of months. Um, it's not an overnight process, so yeah, the realistic expectations are necessary, but that's part of um, multiple services and, again, expectations and educating. Excellent. So, Dr. O, I want to ask you this question. I want you to break it down for us, uh, you know, because because I think I think, the, I think the general public has a good idea what dermatologists do, but I want you to break it down for us. Can you break down a little bit between, like, medical dermatology, uh, surgical dermatology, we were talking a little bit ago about you were just doing a, a, doing a procedure, uh, on, a, on a client patient earlier, but you've diagnosed some cases. Uh, so how about the difference between medical dermatology, surgical dermatology, and like cosmetic dermatology? What are the differences? Oh, there's a big difference. So medical dermatology is usually when a patient comes in for a certain medical condition such as acne, um, psoriasis, eczema, also full body skin exams, um, lots of rashes, um, just anything that's concerning to the skin. So that's kind of more medical. So I'm a most surgeon, meaning um, I treat a lot of skin cancers and I do a lot of facial reconstruction. So for surgical derm, it kind of gets broken down into like the aggressive skin cancer and just kind of taking off benign things. So when I'm doing surgical derm, that can range from doing melanomas, which are, it's a type of skin cancer, probably the most deadliest one, um, which is what all patients are scared of. Then there's basal cell carcinoma, which is another type of skin cancer. It's actually the most common type of skin cancer. And then there's squamous cell carcinoma. Those are kind of the big three that usually people can get and can actually spread. They can all spread. And then we go into like the benign molds, removing skin tags, um, removing molds that are a little atypical. And then cosmetic dermatology is when a patient says, you know what, I don't feel my best, I don't look my best. What can you actually do for me to get me looking the way that I actually feel or the way that I want to look? And that actually goes into the whole, like, you know, Botox, fillers, lasers, chemical pills, and um, all. it's a whole different realm. And so, well, thank you for the distinction on that one, and I'm glad that, that we're able to talk about that. Uh, I know today we're focusing a little bit more on some of, the, some of the cosmetic approaches, but it's important for people to know out there that, yes, your, your dermatologist uh, has, has a whole tool belt, uh, and certainly a dermatologist uh, like Dr. O has, a, has, a, has a, literally a utility belt of resources to meet all of your dermatologic needs. And again, I use the word all in capital letters, right, Dr. O? A-L-L. -L. Yeah. Uh, so there you go. <laughs> Excellent. So I want to go back a little bit to some of these things. Again, we're talking about this theme of summertime. We're talking about, you know, how do we get our skin better? How do we get our, our skin looking good? How do we continue to keep our confidence up? I want to ask this question. I'll ask this question to Shannon first. Shannon, what's your kind of like What's your personal approach? Because I think people out there want to know, like, what are some of the experts doing? So what's your kind of personal approach to your own skin care? Um, what are you doing? Well. And I'm going to ask Dr. O that question, too. Right. Um, your skin care regimen at home is really important. Um, it definitely maintains more of what you do in the treatment room. Um, exfoliating is super important. Um, we always, I normally recommend two to three times a week. I do that for myself, um, somebody with a drier skin type. Um, it's super important. 
Um, but staying out of the sun and sunscreen is huge. Um, I did my damage many, many years ago, so that's super important for me. Excellent, excellent. And Dr. O, do you have kind of a skin regimen that you follow yourself? Oh my goodness, where do we start? <laughs> I've seen some of your social media, by the way. I know you're getting it. <laughs> I was joking. I said, is today going to be a seven-step day? Is today going to be a ten-step morning? Depending on how much time I have. Um, so one of the biggest things for me is, kind of like how Shannon said, I double cleansing, kind of getting all the oils, all the gunk out of your skin at the end of the day. Um, also, um, exfoliation is really big. Um, I agree with her, but I usually do it a little bit more because I tend to be drier and I use a lot of products, so I exfoliate a lot. Um, and my biggest thing, a lot of patients always ask me, um, vitamin, I do a lot of vitamin C serum in the morning and retinoids at night, so a retin-A, and sunscreen, sunscreen, sunscreen. I would say no matter what skin type you are, you know, a lot of darker skin patients think that they can't get skin cancers or the sun, they can't get a sunburn or, but, you know, I want to protect myself from aging. I want to protect myself from skin cancer. Um, so when patients say that, I would tell them, you know, Bob Marley died of melanoma, yes, you know, sure, so yeah. it doesn't discriminate like you said earlier. So sunscreen, 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 30 minutes before I leave out the house. But definitely having a regimen, um, like Chan said, it's not a one step, it's not a one night, you know, magic. It's definitely like going to the gym, the more time you put in, the more results you're going to see. Excellent. And uh, my kind of own thing is what I do. I kind of uh, uh, will piggyback on what Shannon said, you know, exfoliating uh, usually twice a week. I have my microdermabrasion uh, 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 visits about every six weeks. And sunscreen like uh, like it's gone bananas. I mean, every <laughs> single day you've got to do it like like gangbusters. Uh, and I think that's a, that's a great thing. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about some of these kind of other techniques that are out there. So uh, Shannon, uh, you know, I just mentioned the word microdermabrasion. Mm -hmm. Can you talk about a little bit about that procedure? That's some of a common procedure that, that a lot of people get from their clinical estheticians. Yes, we normally recommend um, every four to six weeks because um, it's considered an exfoliating treatment. Um, it's actually a machine um, where I'm at. We actually have a diamond tip, so it's polishing the surface of the skin um, as well as it has a suction aspect to remove um, any dead skin cells, um, blackheads, like the that. suction feels great, by the way, I must say. When yes. I have mine done, I'm like, and that feels good. Like a little miniature vacuum on you. But but, yeah. but what is it commonly used for as well, too? Just, yeah, I interrupted you, I apologize no, 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 about no, no, that. No. But you mentioned like blackheads, acne, things like that. What else? Um, so it can help with, besides acne, for sun damage to improve the texture. Um, a lot of times I actually combine them with chemical peels. So we'll do the microderm first and then we'll apply a peel right after, depending on, again, what the patient's looking for and what, they're, what they have coming up. But. Excellent, excellent. And then that person would still, same thing with the chemicals peel, they would expect to have to go through you know, a series of, of treatments to, to really get that effect. If you're, yes, if you're really trying to see more like a correction, definitely a series is realistic. Anything that we do, if you can't just do once and, and expect to see a whole lot of correction, um, but you'll see a huge improvement with one, of course. Excellent. And I would say, even though, you know, and this is what I tell some of my patients, and again, I'm wearing my internal medicine hat, but also just as a physician in general, in addition to sunscreen, I say if you're going to have a treatment regimen with your clinical esthetician or with your uh, board-certified dermatologist or, or plastic surgeon, you know, it's important to maintain. You're like, I, like, I don't want you to just stop at like, hey, it's been six months and say deuces, say see you later. No, I, I want any, just with any kind of health plan, and like my diabetics, I want you to continue to focus on this, focus on that, and continue to have the follow-up. So do you both, let me ask you, Dr. O, do you usually recommend your patients that are coming in for, for cosmetic-type treatments 
uh, do you recommend that they have a, more of a continued follow-up, or, or do you just say, you know what, you've graduated from us, your skin looks flawless, I'll see you in five years or something like that? <laughs> oh, no, no one ever graduates. Because the thing we have to remember is the skin is constantly turning over about every 21 to 28 days. So it's like you could look great from all the treatments, but if you don't keep it up, you're back, kind of back to where you started again. So everyone definitely always has a follow-up. As you progress along, like your regimen, you don't have to come every month or every two months, but I definitely have patients come back at least every four to six months once they're kind of maintained on a regimen. And usually send them home also with the regimen that they can maintain on their own to kind of help maintain their skin. And once they're at a point where they're doing really good and I don't think they really need me, um, I kind of I extend out their office visits. Gotcha. Thank you. And Shannon, from your perspective, um, are you still recommending that the continued follow-up for your patients? It depends on the treatment. For, for facials, microderms, chemical peels, we actually do recommend every four to six weeks. Um, but again, more like lasers and more, you know, stronger aggressive treatments, um, not as frequently. Um, you know, we, I can slow down the aging process. I can't stop it. So, you know, patients do have to remember that we are aging, unfortunately, every year. So. And I always tell people this again, where my not, where my internist have, but trying to read and keep myself having this great conversation with you both. You know, I tell people this: genetics and sun exposure are the most important things that I think, as an internist, uh, play a role in the aging process. And so, so your plan has to be tailored to you. But I always tell people make that first step. Just like you're going to come and see me to, to for for a physical. And by the way, I've said that many times with you, Dr. G. Get a physical once a year. See your primary care physician for that physical. They're going to protect you. When the, when the you-know-what hits the fan and your health may go down, your primary care physician is there for you all the time. And so when it talks to like your skin care, uh, which is just another thing. If I, if I had a patient that said, I need you to go see a cardiologist because you know your heart issues, or I need you to go see a lung doctor because of your breathing issues, you know, I'm going to say the same thing. I need you to see a dermatologist all the time because our skin is our it's, it's literally us, as you, as you both of us have said, the skin is the first thing you see, it's the first line of defense for your body. And so it's, the, it's like the gateway, so protect your skin at all causes, and, and I definitely uh, want to say that, uh, and I'll preach it from the mountaintops. So let me ask this question to um, Dr. Dr. O. Uh, some of the other things that people are doing, last minute skin health tips, uh, you know, they're doing things like injectables. We talked a little bit about, um, obviously, microderms, we said a little bit about chemical peels. What's the concept behind injectables? For, for, for patients and clients to help them get their last-minute skin health prep going on to get that look that they're going for? So when we talk about injectables, um, I, I don't, I'm not sure if you're also talking about like Botox, too. Do you consider yes. that? I mean, so most people think about filler than injectables. But, so basically, a lot of people talk about um, Botox, and Botox and fillers do different things. Um, and I think that I'm just going to use the word toxin because there's so many different toxins out there. Okay. So what they do, they kind of prevent muscle movement. So over time, with dynamic muscle movement in the face, you tend to make lines. Um, and at some point, the lines become more static, meaning they're always there versus dynamic only when you move. So that's what the toxins are good for. So if a patient asks, what's the one thing that I can do that will really make a big difference? usually some kind of toxins to kind of soften the lines, get rid of the lines, and also get them on a regimen where we actually prevent the lines from forming in, um, in the future. And then when it comes to fillers, as we get older, after actually about your mid-20s, you start to lose volume and you actually start to lose collagen. So most of my patients range from like in their 20s. I've actually had patients up to 80 years old before they came in for injectables. So basically what those do, they pretty much just replace lost volume and kind of give you a youthful look again. 
Um, so those are the two main things that I think makes a big difference in a patient, when, especially when they want rejuvenation and like a last-minute kind of like a umph to their skin and to their outward appearance. Excellent. I would say like sometimes people will notice it, and you may notice it, those of you that are listening, you know, you might take that selfie of you or you're in another picture, somebody sends a picture, and you're like, hey, I didn't, I didn't authorize you to send this picture to, of me. I didn't even take a picture. And then you kind of say, wow, I don't, I don't, I don't like how I look. And... and and, and, and we talk about, you know, when I talk about health, I want people to feel confident in their health, not just their physical health, their, their mental, their emotional, but even their, even their appearance as well, too, to have that there. And so sometimes you can get those things, those still pictures, and you're like, oh, my gosh, that's a frown line. There's some crow's feet going on there. There's, um, you know, all this kind of stuff. So I think it's so important what you're talking about, Dr. O, on, on different options that are out there, but they have to, people have to make that step to come in and see you or to come in and see Shannon Otherwise, you can't help them if they don't come in. So, exactly. what's, so what's your thoughts, Shannon, on some of the other kind of you know injectables from your and, and Dr. O mentioned like Botox and a little bit about some uh, dermal fillers. Um, what do you guys do from a clinical esthetician standpoint? What's your perspective on those kind of things? Um, I, I'm all for them. <laughs> um, I actually most of my patients do um, get injectables. Um, so a lot of times you know, they can actually, what I do in the treatment room can actually help maybe not needing as many injectables because I can treat, you know, the surface, but I can't affect their muscle movement where that's where Botox comes into play. So they definitely can, um, I say, complement each other for sure. But Excellent. So you guys are listening here. We're here uh, uh, at Intellectual Radio Studios. We're broadcasting live on Facebook. We're talking about skin and last minute skin health prep and, and really focusing on things that you can do kind of last minute things to get yourself ready but to keep you going. I want to mention something to, to, uh, to Dr. O because I just read about this and I think it's a great reason we'll talk about it. Uh, there's something called Kybella. Uh, hopefully I'm pronouncing that right. But it's something that's like, I guess it's like, it's like taking the dermatology and plastic surgery worlds by storm. Um, what do you know? What do you, do you can you explain to our audience a little bit about this? Do you know much about it? Or are you using it in your practice? Yes, I do use a lot of Kybella. So I always describe Kybella as kind of the easiest before we get too medical. So basically, imagine like a soap. You know, basically is the first FDA approved um, treatment that can dissolve fat. Usually, when it first came out, the indication was for under the chin. But now, as you know, when one thing comes out, we try to find other places to put Absolutely. it. You know? <laughs> I want to do that, you know. So basically what Kybella does, imagine kind of soap kind of breaking down fat, kind of breaking down grease. It kind of soaks up the fat that's under your chin, and it kind of dissolves it, and your body kind of just gets rid of it. The great thing about Kybella is usually the fat doesn't come back. You know, once the fat's gone, it's gone. It's only the patient maintains a healthy lifestyle. Um, like everything else, there are side effects, but it does work really great. So when it first came out, we were putting it under the chin. Now we can put it in if you have a little, you know, like a belly pull, just a tiny amount, a little back fat roll, a little bra roll, a little armpit roll, like under the arms. So now we can put it anywhere that you have a small amount of fat pocket, but most patients usually just come in for a little bit of fullness under their chin, um, and I think it works really well. Excellent. Is that usually one treatment? Uh, and that's no, it, or is it multiple two treatments? Patients, about two to three treatments um, spread out. Usually after about two to three, that usually does the trick. Excellent. You know, one of the things I love about, about even though I, I chose to go to internal medicine, one of the things I love about dermatology and skin is that there's just the, 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 the we're really pushing the envelope. Uh, and maybe this is a combination of just uh, technology catching up with us and, 
and, and more creativity and human ingenuity. But I think I think the field of dermatology is fascinating. Uh, I always say like when I had my when I had my my medical boards. I did not like those dermatology-related questions. Uh, I, can, I can go ahead and say that, but but I thought the field was fascinating. And, and hearing some of these new things that are out there, I mean, everybody's heard of like Botox, but these other things that are out there um, that that we just don't have these kind of conversations. I'm glad that we're having this conversation in this forum because there may be people out there might say, hey, you know what? She's speaking my language. Dr. O is speaking my language, or Shannon's speaking my language. Now I want to maybe do something about this. Uh, so I think it's great to have this kind of engagement, this conversation to then promote more engagement down the road. So let me ask this question. Uh, a lot of times when we talk about skin, we've been talking a lot about face, but skin is everywhere. It's all over our body. There's no doubt about that. So there's other things that we do about skin. Um, you know, people that have, that want to get rid of some cellulite, some extra extra fat tissue, people that have varicose veins. There's so many treatments out there that, that are there for you that you just have to have that conversation with. So I want to ask, I want to ask um, uh, Dr. O, I'm going to come right back at you. What are some of the treatments that they're doing now for body contouring? That's a theme that I always get a lot in my practice as an internist, and I usually have to refer out to that, of course. But, but what's, what's, what's this body contouring uh, wave that's going on right now? So there are so many um, treatments, and basically it's the right patient selection and finding the right treatment for them. Everyone wants to look great. Everyone wants to look slim. Everyone wants to look like their best self. Um, so, cool sculpting is like the big one. There's one on every block. You know, everyone, I don't know if you've heard Dr. Jill about cool sculpting. I'm sure Shannon has. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. We, uh, Dr. Uh, Shannon's boss, Dr. Bull, mentioned it briefly last week, so it's all good. Okay. Yes, please okay. explain again. So, so basically, cool, um, cool sculpting is FDA cleared for basically treatment of fat in the chin, um, thigh, abdomen, bra fat. Basically, what it does, it kind of imagines freezing the fat cells. And, and your body gets rid, rid of, um, gets rid of them. So basically, after you do this, usually the fat doesn't come back, but you have to pick the right patient because there's only about maybe 24 to 28% improvement. So if you, like I said before, kind of with Kybell, if you pick the right patient with a small amount of fat, they've been going to the gym, but they can't really lose this last little bit, I think cool sculpting is a great um, procedure for them. But there's so many on the market, you know. There's so many sculpture, there's true sculpt. I mean, it's, there's so many different ones on the market. The one, the other thing that most patients come to me about, no one likes cellulite. Everyone hates their cellulite, and it's so so hard to treat. And there's so many things on the market. Um, for example, there's cellulase, which is a minimally invasive treatment. Basically, we put a little laser fiber into the skin, and that breaks up a lot of the bands um, under the skin. And all of them do the same thing. There's Celsina, which is FDA approved. They say it's supposed to work for over three years. That's also a needle going into the skin, breaking up those tough bands. Um, there's vacuums. There's weight loss. That's always a great option and probably cheaper. Um, people exercising and kind of increasing their muscle tone. There's lots of laser that you can do for it. There's Bella Shape. I mean, it's so many treatments out there. So I, I usually just say, you know, see your doctor, see your dermatologist, a plastic surgeon, and they'll pick the right um, treatment for you. Thank you, Dr. O. Uh, Shannon, what's your perspective? Uh, you know, you're seeing clients coming in that are doing body contouring in your practice. Um, how's the general approach to that? Uh, um, does it involve multiple treatments, um, and follow-up? We do a lot of cool sculpting at our practice, um, and definitely the right patient needs to be a candidate, so we definitely um, are very honest with our assessments. Um, it's nice that I do have, I work in an office where Dr. Bull is available as well um, for surgical approaches, um, but we definitely have some non-invasive options for, for cellulite. As you said, it is, it's 
very stubborn though to treat yeah. it is hard yeah i think um, for, oh please go ahead uh no but there are options available that you can attempt but again i like, selecting the right candidate and um, going over expectations for them um, and educating is so important so well i think again as we all want that we all want our health to be to be there for the long term you know, i always talk to my patients i talk about long themes of longevity vitality aesthetics quality of life and hopefully leaving a legacy at the end of your days. And so, so trying to do this together and, and having the, the right team behind you is very important. But it's also important to know that there are so many options out there. When we talk about cellulite, I would think of like, you know, the, that stubborn, unwanted, diet-resistant, uh, exercise-resistant fat that we all want to get rid of. And, and, and I want to refresh people to my show last week. We talked about some other kind of collaboration, collaborative efforts try to help that go away. So what I want to do right now, I want to ask a few more questions and we're going to get into our myths versus facts. So I want to, I want to make this important today because I, I have this show for a reason. I want people to have the right information. So I want to, uh, Dr. O, can you talk about the difference between a dermatology-based um, medical spa or plastic surgeon-led medical spa versus the commercial spas that are out there? What's the difference? I think the most important difference is the medical aspect of it. So, for example, we'll get a patient that comes in for, like, laser hair removal. And as you know, as an, in, you know, as an internist, you kind of have to think, why is this patient having more excess hair than normal? Do they have any internal medical conditions that's causing this? Because you can do all the laser hair removal in the world, but if you don't treat the internal factors, such as, like, cystic syndrome, or if a patient has thyroid disorder. So I think basically being able to direct the patient from just a cosmetic, you know, reason for coming in to medical and actually give them the results that they actually need. Um, also, too, like I've had a lot of patients coming in for laser treatments for a dark spot, and that dark spot actually ended up being melanoma. So when you have a plastic surgeon or a dermatologist, they can actually identify, and if you train your staff the right way, they can also see that this is just not a regular dark spot or sun-damaged skin. Um, this patient actually needs to go and see the doctor to get a biopsy to make sure this is not a skin cancer. I think that's really the main difference, too. Well, thank you, Dr. Owen. You're really talking about how, you know, you're investing in your health, and we want your, we want your resources to be people that are credentialed in what they do, board certified, uh, and have gone through the necessary training to make your health uh, stay awesome uh, and, and to keep your health a priority. Because you're investing in your health every day. You wake up every morning, you're doing things that you got to do for you and your family and for yourself. But, 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 but you've got to make sure you make that done in the right way by the right people. And Dr. O, you just gave a great example of something that, 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 that happens way too often, more so than it should, and we have to make sure we set the record straight. Uh, Shannon, let me ask you this question. It's kind of a, a playoff of, of having a medical uh, dermatologist or plastic surgeon, surgeon-led med spa versus a commercial spa. What's the difference between medical-grade skincare products and over-the-counter skincare products? Normally, medical grade, um, there's definitely never fragrance added, um, but the products are more potent, so they're stronger, the strength of the ingredients. Um, Over-the-counter is normally diluted, um, and you can't get results-driven uh, results as much as um, using medical grade products. Is it true that, that the over-the-counter products typically only really get to that kind of the, the, the superficial layer of the skin and not really penetrate into the deeper layers of the skin, the dermis and then the, the basal layers? Is that the correct right. understanding? Yes, yes. So, so, so let me ask this question. Let me ask one more question to you. So, um, so do you see some patients that have failed over-the-counter uh, medical skincare treatments? Think of like an a, a adolescent with acne or, or people with other kind of scarring. Uh, or blemishes, hyperpigmentation. They try to do some of the over-the-counter stuff, and they fail, and they and then they're 
they might even maybe make things worse. Yes, it definitely happens. Um, they're trying too many products, or and they're not educated, and that's kind of our job, though, um, to you know examine their skin, to recommend what's best for them. Um, and it's an investment, so a lot of times, even over the counter, you can spend a lot um, in products, and if they're not going to help your skin, you know, it kind of defeats the purpose, so. Well, well, thank you, and I say as an intern, I say for mm -hmm. optimal skin care, you know, after you get your treatments done by, by Dr. O's team or Shannon herself, you know, it's important to have medical grade products help complement and so you can get deeper penetration into the skin so you can look your best. So what I want to do, I want to I want to get into the session that I do every week on the show called Myths versus Facts. And I think that's an important thing as we talked about this whole show and even the beginning, we're all about making sure we set the record straight regarding our health. And that's why we do this show every week. And so again we've been breaking down skin, last minute skin health tips. You heard some experts uh, you heard that our experts talk about some of their own regimens, some of the things that are going around with patients that they see. You even heard me comment as an internist, but what I see as well too. So I want to make sure this record set straight. So myths versus facts, how it works. I say a statement, and then my panelists will say myth or fact. It'll be kind of rapid fire, uh, maybe a few sentences on why it's a myth or why it's a fact, and we'll go from there. All right, so first question to you. I shouldn't say question. My bad, Dr. Oh, it's a statement. It's not a question. So, <laughs> so first statement to you, myth or fact. So here we go. Myth or facts, this is the skin health prep. All right. Uh, first statement. Customized skin treatments are available for all skin types. Myth or fact? I think that's a fact. I think if you get the right um, skin treatment for your skin type and for whatever condition we're trying to treat, I think it can be amazing. But there's not one size fits all. You know, what works for me might not work for you. So I think definitely talking to an expert and coming up with the regimen for you goes a long way. Thank you. Here we go, Shannon. Myth or fact? Here's a statement. If I put sunscreen on in the morning, I'm covered all day long. Myth. What? That's a myth. Yes. Um, <laughs> Please explain. Uh, you definitely, especially when you're out and exposed to the sun, you want to reapply um, every two, three hours, um, especially and if there's water involved, you want to reapply after you get out of the water or sweating. All right. Thank you. Here we go, Dr. O. Here's a statement. Myth or fact? This one's a little bit of a long one, but here we go. Maintaining a healthy diet, drinking water, and minimizing stress are some ways to best support your skin. That is a fact. That is the golden ticket to living a great life, Dr. G. <laughs> yes, I, had to, I, had to I should have answered that one. I should have, I should have participated. I should have participated in Miss vs. Fast, but I'm going to keep picking, picking on the both of y'all for this one. All right, here we go. Thank you, Dr. O. Here's the next statement. Shannon, here we go. Uh, I like this one. Uh, we'll keep continue with the sun the sunscreen theme. All right, uh, here's a statement. I don't need sunscreen on cloudy days. Myth. Please explain. The UV rays can still penetrate through the clouds, so you definitely still can get a sunburn, and you're still damaging your skin. All right, here we go, Doctor O. Here's a statement. Myth or fact? Skin cancer does not run in my family, so I do not have to worry too much about sun protection. Unfortunately, your genetics does not protect you against skin cancer. Actually, your sun exposure and also using sunscreen is what's going to protect you from skin cancer. So that's the myth. All right, thank you very much. All right, here we go. Shannon, this one's for you. Uh, dermatologists or plastic surgeon-led medical skin facilities are equivalent to commercial spa skin care facilities. Myth. Please explain. I know we just talked about it. Please explain again. That, that medical grade skincare um, is definitely different versus the commercial or over-the-counter products. For sure, there's a difference. Thank you. And I'll just piggyback again. Invest in your health, as I said. Invest in your skin. You can go to the right people that have the right credentials, that are trained, 
uh, to diagnose and take care of your skin as much as possible. Here we go, Dr. O. Here's a statement. Oh, I like this one. Here we go. Uh, summertime skincare regimens should differ from year-round skincare regimens. I agree with that. I, I agree. I would say that's a fact. Okay. So, for example, I would say in the summertime, um, usually most patients are oily, so I always say you can change up and kind of go into oil-free. In the wintertime, usually you need thicker products to kind of layer on. But the one thing that does not change at all is the amount of sunscreen that you put on, at least a minimum of SPF 30, but I tell all my patients SPF 50. But the lowest I let them go is 30. All right, thank you. Here we go, Shan. We'll do a couple more of these. Here's a statement. Sunburn, we didn't really talk about sunburn too much, but here's a statement anyways we'll give it to you. Sunburn continues to burn your skin even after getting out of the sun. Fact. Please explain. You can get a sunburn, I believe, in as, as little as 30 minutes, um, but it actually normally takes actually a couple hours to actually see that entire sunburn. Excellent. Dr. O, you want to comment on that one as well, too, about sunburns? Well, usually when you're out in the sun, kind of like how Shannon said, you know, it happens very quickly. I always tell patients, you probably only have a minimum of about 15 to, the maximum of 15 to about 30 minutes. I always tell patients to get their vitamin D. But after that, you're at increased risk of the sunburn. And usually what happens days after is the inflammatory reaction that happens. So when you get the blister, the, you know, the skin peeling, all of those are kind of your body trying to clean up all that mess and a little bit of inflammation. But you can continue to burn your skin even after getting out of the sun because the damage is kind of already done and now your body now has to like heal itself again. All right, thank you. And here's, so we'll do this last one here for you, Dr. O. We're going to continue on the same because it's important. And as you said at the beginning, all of us said the single most important thing you can do right now is to protect your skin with sun, is, with, is by using sunscreen. So here's a, here's a last statement we'll do today. Here's the statement. If I did not wear sunscreen as a kid, starting now will not help protect against skin cancer. So that's a myth. Um, a lot of people did not wear sunscreen when they were a kid because also there wasn't a big push. People didn't really understand how important sunscreen was. So a lot of my patients now with skin cancer did not wear sunscreen as, um, when they were a kid. What I tell people, what you do now will protect you decades from now, so 10, 20 years. And like I said before, the damage that you have now happened 10, 20 years ago. So just because you didn't wear sunscreen when you were a kid, you still have to start now because it will protect you many decades to come. All right, thank you. So, hey, we've got about five minutes left. This has been a great show. You know, I talked at the beginning, the chief complaint on why we're talking about these last-minute skin health tips for everything. Uh, after somebody has a chief complaint, when they're done leaving our office, we call it the assessment and plan. So we're going to break it on down and wrap it on up. But so the so what I want to do, I'm going to ask Dr. O to you start to have you start first since you're on the phone. Um, give us a couple take-home points. If you had to say, like, if I'd say, Dr. O, just give me, like, a couple, two, three important take-home points for people who are listening to us today to really know about their skin. What should they get from today's message about skin? So skin cancer is definitely rising. It's one of the most important causes of cancer. And the most important way to prevent yourself from getting a skin cancer, like we said over and over, is to get a good sunscreen that you like. People are like, which sunscreen should I use? I say, I don't care. Anything <laughs> that you put on with at least SPF 50. And I would tell patients, like, what can I do to stay young? There are three things. SPF, use some kind of antioxidant, vitamin C, vitamin E, a combination of those two in the morning, layer your sunscreen on top, and any kind of retinol or retinoid, retin A, at nighttime. I always say those are the three main things to prevent aging, to prevent yourself from getting a skin cancer, and to get you looking your best. 
Well, thank you, Dr. O, and it's been a pleasure having you on the show. Please hold the line. Shannon, give us a couple take-home points for people to be successful with their skin out there. Again, sunscreen, sunscreen. Um, um, but trusting your, your provider, getting your skin checks. Um, you know, again, the, the health of our skin is super important besides the, the appearance. But um, exfoliating, um, like she said, retinol um, and sunscreen. And again, just maintaining healthy skin. Well, I think that's a great thing. And kind of my final points are this. You know, our skin, again, as I said, we are born with it, but are we doing the necessary things to help protect it? You know, the reality is that our skin just serves so many functions on just protecting our health, and we want to make sure that you set the groundwork now to set you up for beyond, for, for the long game. You know, we're talking about the things that you can do now that will have cumulative and hopefully great returns on that investment when you get healthy again and in the future. You know, the reality is that we all want to have clear, healthy, youthful, rejuvenated type skin, but we have to work for that. And I think the best thing, the best way forward is to continue to work with your primary care physician, of course, and then continue to use the resources that he or she has, including board-certified dermatologists and clinical estheticians that will help you keep your skin game on fire, without a doubt. So I want to thank my guests today. This has just been a great show. So I want to thank Shannon Hove from, from the John Bull Center. Shannon, thank you very much for coming on to the show today. It's been great. Uh, let me read her credentials again so I don't mess it up. So Shannon, of course, clinical esthetician, of course, at the John Bull um, the Jumbo Center for Cosmetic Surgery and Laser Medispa. Check out Shannon at www.dupageplastics.com. And I want to thank Dr. Mercy Oriyongbo, board-certified dermatologist, founder and owner of Lily Aesthetics. Check her out, www.lily.derm.com. So I want to thank everybody for coming out today. Uh, hey, listen, everybody. This has been another great show. You've been listening and watching live on Facebook at intellectualradio.com. This episode is written by Mark D. Gomez and Tiffany E.R. Gomez. Producer is Tiffany E.R. Gomez. Music is by the wonderful Mr. Havis, my brother-in-law. Give, give him a shout-out. Copyright 2019 by MDG Wellness, LLC. All rights reserved. Stay tuned for my next episode. We're going to conclude the Countdown to Summer series next week. It's called Countdown to Summer Part 3, Last Minute, Healthy, Eating, Prep. And hey, if you enjoyed the show today, share it with your friends. We have a message to spread. Share it. We all can benefit from the things that we talked about today. I want you to do the best you can with your health, and let's keep this health revolution going. Check me out on my website, www.drmarkgomez.com. See you next week. Peace out.